0: Oh, it's not there. Welcome to the Terry and
1: Jesse show, two Catholics with a PhD in a common sense. Uh, we are here to speak the truth in charity. We promise that this is not low energy Catholic radio. If you want that, go to another station. We're going to give you high information Catholic radio, and uh, we're going to give you what I call uh, de- uh, power preaching with devil destroying theology.
0: <laughs> I am on duty. Terry, what about Yes, you? I'm on duty. This is the week to change the world. I, I I just, I'm excited because the Easter Tritium, it does it all, man. Everything we need, we believe, especially uh, through the Tritium. We're going to hear readings that are going to set up salvation history. You name it, it's all there. And just before we get into the, the um, we, we're going to be talking about Archbishop Vigano, his latest interview, uh, he talks about the society, the church has been infiltrated by people who want to destroy them. Interesting article, uh, I think it kind of sets things up for what we've been talking about for a long time also we're going to be talking about a study showing that the uh, masks all right of uh, microplastics found in masks getting into lungs tissue for the first time we're going to find out as we go on the bad effects of wearing masks at the t- same time the city of Philadelphia is mandating masks again so We want people to be high information. And just one more good thing before we get to the gospel. The Bishop of Denver did a 40 Days for Life Eucharistic procession at at an abortion clinic. I just think it's great when bishops do things like that. But before we get to any of the issues of the day, we love to get the gospel in, Jess. Let's get some soul food, brother. Absolutely. Uh, Today's the Wednesday of the Holy Week. We call it Spy Wednesday. Spy Wednesday,
1: <laughs> Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 to 25. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. One of the 12, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at a table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, One of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to one another, Surely it's not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: If you want to know where Judas ended up going to his final destiny, just that, that second of the last verse where our Lord Jesus Christ says, It would be better That's right. for a man if he had never been born. The fathers of the church comment on that verse and they say that's the indication that he went to hell based on the based on the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. But in today's gospel, if you notice, when our Lord foretells uh, his his own betrayal, does he? Uh, how can he for because he's God, he knows everything. He knows what's in their minds, what's in their hearts. Yep. But even though Judas is going to betray him, guess what? He still loves Judas. He does. Yep, that's his course. That's his nature. He still loves him. Yep. It, it's as if Jesus is saying, look at Judas, I already know what you're planning to do. I know your problems, your evil intentions, your secret sins, but I'm still here with you. And since I already know, uh, you know, go and do what you're going to do. But he's, it's almost like saying, but it's not too late to change. And and that's why when the other apostles heard the prediction Instead of becoming defensive and proud, they might have said, you know, don't let it be me, Lord, by your mercy, you know, sustain me or give me your grace or Jesus. I love you. Can't be me. What we see in today's gospel is that Judas's final betrayal was the refusal to accept God's mercy. And what he did, he collapsed in on himself in despair. And so what does that say to us? If we turn frequently to to Jesus, our Lord, and ask for his mercy
0: and for the grace to persevere, guess what? We have nothing to fear. Terry? Jesse, it's true. Uh, think of Peter. Remember how he denied Christ? But what did Peter do different than than uh, uh, than Judas? He asked for forgiveness. Yeah. See, that's the difference. So, well said. Terry, there's, there's an old tradition that um, St. Peter, yeah. up until the day he died, Anytime he would ever
1: recount his, uh, the account of the, of the betrayal, yep. that he wept bitterly. Every wow. single time he mentioned, he was asked about that story, he wept
0: bitterly for the rest that, of his life. I didn't know, but that makes yeah. sense. That makes yeah. total sense. Jesse, I've got to bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Sheen. And this is very appropriate because of the article by Archbishop <laughs> Vigano uh, talking about the, you know, the infiltration into the church. This is a quote from Archbishop Sheen back in 1948. And our, and another our bishop quoted it, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, in his first book. He says, Here I cannot fail to quote the following words of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, which he wrote in 1948, and which are striking, relevant, significant for our current situation. Here's what he said, Jess. This isn't me, it's not Jess Romero. He says, Satan will set up a counter church. It will be the ape of the church. Mm. It will have all the notes and characteristics of a church, but in reverse, emptied of its divine content. The false prophet will have a religion without a cross, Mm. a religion without a world to come, Mm. a religion to destroy religions. There will be a counterfeit church. Christ's church will be one. And the false prophet will create the other. The false church will be worldly, ecumenical, and global. Hmm, sounds interesting. It will be a loose federation of churches and religions, forming some type of global association. I checked this out, Jess. He called it a mm. world parliament of churches. Oh. <laughs> it will be emptied of all divine content It will be the mystical body of the Antichrist. These are strong words, Jeff. It sounds like he's talking about 2022. You think? The final statement, he says, the mystical body on earth today will have its Judas Iscariot, who we just talked about, and it will be the false prophet. Satan will recruit him from, guess who, Bish? From the bishops! That was said in 1948. Jess, I just thought that was appropriate for the article we're going to be covering with Archbishop Vigano. Your thoughts, uh, Terry? Uh, that
1: that's a prophetic statement, mm-hmm. and it seems to me, oh my God, pa- it's painful you think? as if it's being fulfilled in our lifetime right now, as we speak. That it appears you could just connect the dots with oh, like yeah. Fulton Sheen said. Yep. And what we see happening today in the church. Furthermore, it also seems to comport a lot with what Archbishop Vigano is going to say in the next two segments.
0: Yeah, Jess, I want to also make a note. Your your men's conference that you're coming out for us in June, June 18th. We're going to have Ruben Nava, Jess Romero, and myself speaking. And I want to encourage men to sign up. Go to vmpr.org to sign up. And also, Mom. Uh, your husband needs to go to this conference. Give him a Father's Day gift, okay? Say, hey, I'm I'm sending you to go see Jess Romero, Terry Barber, and Ruben Nava. End of story, this is my gift. Go to vmpr.org. And don't forget, we also have one earlier, May 7th, with Dr. Sandoval, my wife, and myself on marriage, a marriage conference where we're going to have not only conferences, but we're going to have time for confessions, adoration, the rosary, and mass all in one day that's on may 7th so if you want to build your marriage up uh one of the things we're going to be resourcing is scripture the catechism and cardinal arenzi cardinal cardinal sarah's book couples awaken your love which he's got some great things for couples to pray together with the scriptures it's just a good idea to come so these are the events go to vmpr.org and just do you have anything that you wanted to promote you got something going on here and in the local area, for
1: no, no, Terry. I just yeah. want to just mention that the month of April is dedicated to the de- of, to the devotion to the Holy Eucharist, obviously,
0: yeah. yeah,
1: and also devotion to the Holy Spirit because the tradition has developed because Easter Sunday falls in April, right? And so East, April is the month of Easter. It's also the month of the holy of uh, the Holy Eucharist, uh, two incredible gifts that. Uh, the Church, Holy Mother Church has given us. And remember, the Holy Spirit was given it to us to make us what? Fishers of men.
0: Yeah, you got that's it. That's
1: exactly what we're trying to do here through vmpr.org. We're trying to fish for men. And so uh, let's just thank thank God for the Holy Eucharist, uh, that devotion this month, the greatest gift, the sacrament of all sacraments. And let's thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life uh, that gave birth to the early Catholic Church and transformed Israel into the new Israel of God.
0: And if I can describe Archbishop Vigano's letter, I think he would say, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. This article by Archbishop Vigano, it's on LifeSite News. You can get it from com or vmpr.org. Um, it's an amazing article because what he's basically, he's a whistleblower. He's going to point out i see the time clock i'm not sure if we're on or not so i'm I'm confused but anyhow uh mr engineer let me know when we have to break, take this quick break um you're listening to the terry and jesse show when we come back we are going to talk about archbishop Vigano and his article regarding both society and church has been infiltrated by people who want to destroy them mr engineer are we still going all right so here's what i want to say i didn't realize we're going to break right now. I got a little confused with the clock. Jess, let's talk about Archbishop Vigano. He's like a John the Baptist, and he's like a, a, a Bishop Athanasius, a, a Snyder. No, no, Bishop Athanasius from the 4th century. He's making things tough on a lot of people because of his whistleblower. Oh, there's the clock. We'll be back, folks, on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're going to really hit hard regarding Bishop Archbishop Vigano and his interview with an Italian journalist. You won't want to miss it here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, the Terry and Jesse Show. This is the week that changed the world. We'll be right
2: back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526- Two one five one. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
1: Let me define a prophet to you based on Scripture. First, uh, first of all, the Bible says in Amos chapter three, verse seven. It says, "Surely the Lord does the Lord God does nothing without revealing His secret to His servant the prophets." So it, it appears once again, I mean, there's also what's called the gift of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14, 4 and 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 5. In other words, the gift of prophecy is not something that went away with John the Baptist or with the 12 apostles. It's here today. Prophets usually live in exile. Prophets are generally persecuted by the establishment, sometimes their own brothers. And prophets speak inconvenient truths. I've just described John the Baptist. And I've just described Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. An article by LifeSite News entitled, Archbishop Vigano, both society and church infiltrated by people yep. who want to destroy them. Seems that like we keep hearing that term infiltration over and over again. Because yep. that's, that's what we're dealing with. Yep. Archbishop Archbic- Vigano noted how Archbishop Lefebvre in this interview was one of the few, very few prelates who wanted to denounce the Conciliar revolution, understanding its subversive nature, an intervention which is now understood, he was interviewed by in a, in an Italian television channel by Dr. Armando Manochia. He asks him, beginning with the Second Vatican Council, which ended in 65, Dr. Manochia asks Archbishop Vigano Masonic infiltrations within the church have become increasingly substantial. Progressivism and relativism have been employed as weapons to undermine fidelity to tradition. Uh, Did Archbishop Lefebvre, who was excommunicated by John Paul II in 1988, therefore sense that Catholicism was on the brink of the abyss? Archbishop Vigano responds, he says, Certainly. Archbishop Lefebvre was one of the the few, very few, prelates, who wanted to denounce the conciliar revolution. Understanding its subversive nature, and I say, who won it because many other prelates understood that a real revolution was underway. Some saw it as a danger. Others saw it as a springtime of the springtime of the church. But among those who saw the danger, almost no one knew how to denounce it openly. Today we understand the historical merit of Archbishop Lefebvre and having rebelled against the line dictated by the conciliar, he uses the word Politburo, which means committee of a communist party. That's what it means. Yep, and having created the premises for return of the church to the doctrine and holy mass of all time, so definitely Archbishop Vigano was very sympathetic to the plight of Lefebvre and what he was trying to do at the Second Vatican Council.
0: Absolutely, and just here's the second question: Could the Saint Gallen Mafia be considered a sort of ecclesiastical world economic forum? Mm. What? Mm. What's his answer? If we identify the world economic forum as a private lobby that has placed its followers in the most important posts of national and international public institutions in order to impose a globalist agenda against the will of the citizens, it is certainly fitting to see a parallel with the St. Gallen Mafia. Wow! In a similar way, the cabal of conspirators who also placed its agents in the Roman Curia, and and this is not just him saying it. I've read enough of this that he's spot on. And in the peripheral organs of the church, just as it is imposed the conciliar agenda against the will of the faithful, but just as there is not only the World Economic Forum in the public sphere, so there is not only the St. Gallen Mafia in the ecclesial sphere. Just continue.
1: We are facing global coup, Archbishop Vigano says, uh, that involves both civil society and yep. the church, yep. both are infiltrated and controlled by characters who use their power and authority that derives from that derives from it, not for the purposes of the institutions they govern, but in order to destroy them. This crisis of authority must be denounced because the act because the action of those who have reached the highest levels of leadership. Both of nations and of the church is a subversive and criminal act. It reminds me of a quote, I guess I'll look it up right now, Pope yeah. Paul VI, he said that the church, back in the 60s, Terry, before he yeah. passed away, he said yeah. that the church is going through a process of auto demolition. Yep, he did. Yeah.
0: He did say that, and it's quoted in Archbishop and Bishop Athanasius Snyder's book hmm. called The Catholic Mass. Yeah, I, I saw that quote. And you know, just what made me think of this is look at what's going on in the institutional church. Where, for example, here, I got the article right here. Here's the Vatican. Fires faithful Carmelite chaplain, orders cloister nuns to make changes. Okay, uh, these nuns have been following the order of, Car- of, of their founder, Teresa of Avila. And we've got uh, people in the Vatican destroying these cloisters, saying, no, you got to be modern. When the Vatican II Council actually said... Get back to your charism of your order. So we're self-destructing. There's so much of self-destruction going on where you have bishops and cardinals saying, we're no longer going to teach that marriage is between a man and a woman. Well, you know, are you ever going to teach anything about sin? No, we're not. Sin doesn't exist. You know, it's just in your imagination. (laughs) This is what I call self-destruction when you have prelates saying this. So I think he's spot on. What's the next question, Jess?
1: Terry, I also want to just mention that uh, look at who the Holy Father put to uh, oh, and over point. in the Vatican, good you know, sis, sister, you know, oh, yeah. sister habitless yeah. to to run the affairs of all the of, of all the I think she's got one of the highest offices that's ever been given to yeah. a, a non.
0: Well, she's a, a dissenter. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Look
1: at the way she dresses. It says everything you need to know. Yeah. Yep. So the question here is, is um, Dr. Manichia yeah. asks, he says in his book, he is not Francis. Antonio Sochi argues that from the point of view of canon law. Now, this is controversial, obviously, at this point, but I'm just going to read what Vigano says. The election of Francis to the papal throne did not take place in a regular manner and that the 2013 conclave is illegitimate. What is your opinion on this? Archbishop Vigano responds. The reconstructions of Antonio Sochi follow the things that that were let slip by Elizabeth Pick, who is very close to Bergoglio, and Austin Ivory. They seem plausible, even if they are not supported by unequivocal evidence. But at the same time, they have never been denied by the Holy See, and this has meant that speculations about the resignation of Benedict XVI and the maneuvers of the St. Gallen Mafia, the Conclave, have multiplied, creating dismay, confusion, and division among the faithful. If we think of the Vatican's interventions on countless issues, its silence on such an important issue is disconcerting. Even greater is the bewilderment of the cardinals who participated in that conclave. Some appeal to the pontifical secret, but in the face of a possible violation of the norms provided for by the apostolic constitution, which would render the the election of the pontiff invalid, there is no justification for this prolonged silence. I know from a reliable source that when Cardinal Giovanni Battista uh, who was who vice dean of the College of Cardinals, presided over the th- 2013 conclave, was questioned privately, and asked which paragraph of the Apostolic Constitution, Universi Dominici Gregis, was the basis for the conclave, proceeding to a third scrutiny on the evening of the election, he refused to answer, asserting in an emphatic and angry way that everything had taken place regularly. Sooner or later, the truth will emerge and the very serious damage done to the church will have to be denounced and repaired. My I, comment, yeah. Terry, is that even Archbishop Viganos is saying here that
0: there seems to be at least confusion and debate just, over over the conclave. He's just asking this. Can we look into this, okay? He's not saying Pope Francis isn't the Pope. What he's saying is, hey, there's some there's some irregularities. Come on, look into this. This is the thing that blows me away as a layman. Things like the persecution of the church in China. Why aren't we speaking up for the people there? Why are we staying quiet? I think these are questions that need to be asked, not just by archbishops, Jesse, but by lay people also.
1: Next question. Canon 212 212. allows us to do that. I agree, brother. Next one. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Menachia, he says, um, he asked a question. The institutional Catholic church, which has for some time now been committed to ecumenism, and in line with the logic of approval advocated by the globalist oligarchies, seems today to aim at the creation of a single religion. That's what Archbishop Fulton said. Syncretism. Say. Yeah, a syncretism that mixes monotheistic doctrines and pagan beliefs, such as the Andean cult of the Pachamama. Mm-hmm. Is this an act of homicide, or is it rather a suicidal gesture?
0: Wow, what a question!
1: Wow, Archbishop Vigan responds to both. <laughs> On the one hand, the corrupt part of the hierarchy, which for the sake of brevity, I call the deep church, since it is subservient to Satan, hates the church as the mystical body of Christ and intends to kill her. Wow. Just as happened to the church's head. But we know that just as Christ has risen, so his mystical body will be resurrected after her passion. So he says we're going through our passion right now. Yeah. So yes, those who serve the devil carry out a murderous operation, however crazy and doomed to. To failure. Wow. On the other hand, the healthy portion of the hierarchy is mostly composed of bishops and clerics who nevertheless accept the ideological premises of the present apostasy since they accept the council and the new liturgy that conveys its errors to the masses. They do not want the church to succumb, but they're deluding themselves against all the evidence and after 60 years of failure by thinking that the council has merely been misinterpreted that the new Mass is celebrated badly, but that we can return to a certain dignity in the liturgy, that ecumenism is good as long as it is only with the Eastern Orthodox, but not with idolaters. But if they are not convinced that the crisis began with Vatican II, if they do not understand that it was the Council that caused this disaster, and that to remedy it, it is necessary to return to the faith, morals, and liturgy that existed before the Council... They are unwittingly part of the problem. They, although with best intentions, represent that part of the moderates who, in the face of an attack on all fronts, if they do not fight, constitute an obstacle to the solution of the crisis, the support for the council and the secularized mentality of the deep church makes their gesture certainly suicidal. We'll
0: be back. Can you imagine? This guy is a whistleblower and not too many people inside the church want to hear what he's saying i can understand that we're gonna have more when we come back here on the terry and jesse show on virgin most powerful radio stay with us family.
2: welcome back to the terry and jesse show to join the conversation call 888-526-2151 now here's terry and jesse
0: hey jess let me just tell you something bro uh, you know, among all of this that we're talking about, I've got a 26-year-old young man who committed suicide a quarter of a mile from here at Covina Park. Let's pray for his soul. Mm-hmm. They're having Mass right now with the family. And, and my heart goes out, but I see this almost, you know, I, I see suicides, well, a couple times a month for funerals here at our chapel. My, they, they, This is why I say the world right now is confused. People are confused. So eternal rest grant unto him, O oh Lord. And let the perpetual light shine upon him. May he rest in peace. I'm back, Jess. Let's continue on this article, brother Terry. By the way, uh, suicide is the second highest cause
1: of of young people dying in the United States of America. Uh, today. Yep, you're absolutely today. You're spot on. Yep the the second uh, the second highest cause of young people dying in the United States of America today is suicide. You got it. God have mercy on yeah. him. Amen, brother. Doctor Manikia asked Archbishop Vigano. Bergoglio has policed the most traditionalist orders, the Franciscans of the Immaculate, the Little Sisters of Mary of the Redeemer. Is he perhaps allergic to authentic vocations, allergic. or are the goods of these congregations tempting to someone? Terry, you want to read it
0: or want me to read it? No, you go ahead and read it. I'm reading my text right now. People are v- just... Yeah,
1: Vigna responds. At a time when the church is suffering the drastic reduction in the offerings and donations made by the faithful due to the economic crisis caused by the cycle pandemic, the closure of churches and the disgust of many Catholics for the work of Bergoglio and the bishops, it is evident that gathering a little money and real estate is a convenient way to pad the disastrous Vatican coffers. Mm-hmm. But the real reason, the one that motivates every action of the Bergoglio church is the relentless hatred for tradition. Yeah. Of which the contemplative and conservative orders are an eloquent manifestation. Yep. Imagine the anger of these modernists who, at the same time that the most progressive communities are dying out and religious orders are disappearing in the crisis of vocations and the loss of many who have abandoned religious life, witness monasteries and institutes flourish again, which there is in which there is discipline, yep. fidelity to the rule of the founder, true poverty, penance the spirit of recollection, and the Tridentine liturgy. All this makes their Bergoldi- the Bergoglian's failure evident, and therefore it must be eliminated, so that it may not be seen that tradition has a much greater following and would have enorm- enormously more if it were not systematically boycotted than the post-conciliar religion where it's priests without cassocks, it's nuns without veils, it's religious who do not pray, and it's empty churches." In Bergoglio's mind, Vigana writes, the only vocations that deserve his approval are those that are <clears throat> modernist, inclusive, aimed at the existential peripheries and composed of doctrinal nothingness, moral emptiness, and trite humanitarian slogans. As soon as the vocation shows every vague sign of being genuinely Catholic and animated by the desire to g- give glory to God and save souls, it is attacked by as being an expression of clericalism, intolerance, fundamentalism, rigidity, with all the Bergoglian repertoire of more or less offensive words, that is one of the techniques used to criminalize the adversary, a method already successfully tested ever since the Council. Terry?
0: Now my comment on that is it's, it's good news. You know what the good news is? These kind of things they're asking in the Vatican right now don't reproduce. And the traditional nuns, traditional orders... They're growing and it irritates the people in the Vatican that these people are getting vocation. So I just uh, I think that this kind of reminds me of what the communists did to try and destroy the church, Jesse. That's they, right. They, really the same. And, and it backfires. So I, I think that in time, uh, you know, the truth will come out and they'll see that, man, what were we thinking of? Okay, next question, Jess. Bob. Yeah,
1: doc, Dr. Medekew asks him about, vegan uh, about multiculturalism, yeah. ecolo- ecologism and immigration, Soros, Bill Gates of the Vatican, uh, experimental gene serums. A lot. Mm-hmm. Archbishop Vigano says, if we were to limit ourselves to hypothesizing this correlation, we would show at least naivete and carelessness. The Society of Jesus, which was among the most important orders in the church, has been targeted by the action of the devil, who has corrupted its charism and has progressively diverted it well before Vatican II, and it is today the assault body, so to speak, with which the deep church demolishes what remains of the Catholic Church so as to replace it with an amorphous NGO, a non-profit, that can act as a container of the religion of humanity desired by the Freemasons and the new world order consistent with the ideological foundations laid down by the council like every Jesuit Bergoglio is first a Jesuit and then a Catholic for this reason it is still forbidden for the Jesuits to ascend the ranks of the hierarchy which is why the Argentine had to ask the Pope for a dispensation to be consecrated Archbishop of Buenos (laughs) Aires
0: yeah. How many people knew that, Jesse? I, didn't, I, didn't I know. know I knew that because of um, my friends with the Jesuits, that they're not and they're not sticking to the founders. They, the founder of the Jesuits said no. And so this is like um, if that would have been if if, in fact, we would have adhered to the founder of the Jesuits, we wouldn't have a lot of the issues we have right now.
1: Yeah. They, if the a Jesuit cannot be pope based on the founder. So he says, if that dispensation dispensation had not been granted and instead the rule of St. Ignatius had been respected, we would have been spared the disasters we have seen since 2013. It is evident that the Jesuits have played a prominent role not only in carrying out the conciliar revolution, but also in maneuvering to bring one of their own to the throne of Peter. Then Dr. Manakia asked Archbishop Vigano about... uh, he says, you restored the Vatican's budget in a formidable way. This is important. In fact, it went from a deficit of 8 million euros to a surplus of over 34 million euros. In pursuing this line of transparency and fighting corruption, you apparently stepped on some toes. You think? After that, <laughs> coincidentally, they appointed you, Apostolic Nuncio to the United States. Was was <laughs> Was it a case of, so as the Latins used to say, promote in order to remove. yeah, Vigano responds, My appointment as Apostolic nuncio to the U.S. was decided by the, the, the then all-powerful Secretary of State, Cardinal Bertoni. At the time, I had been Secretary General of the, Gover- of the Governorate since July 2009, and before that, I had held the position of Delegate for the Pontifical Representations in the Secretariat of State. My tasks included preparing and examining the processes for promotion to the Episcopate in the Roman Curia and in the Pontifical Representations. In this role, I had opposed the appointment of unworthy or homosexual prelates, yep. and I had proposed, among other things, to remove McCarrick's cardinal's hat. The role of mine made me unpopular with my superiors, and in particular with Bertoni, who persuaded me to accept the transfer from the Secretary of the State to the governorate as secretary general, with the promise of them promoting me to president in place of Cardinal Giovanni Lajoli when he retired. My work to fight against corruption and heal the disastrous finances of the governorate was opposed by some, and beginning in 210, there was a real mobbing, a workplace bullying against me, with the publication of slander and defamatory articles the scandalous accusations which originated in the sacred palaces gave Bertoni a pretext to remove me from that office. Wow! I, th- I therefore felt compelled to inform the Holy Father so that he would know what was really happening. Pope Benedict summoned me immediately, and before I could even mention the events with Bertoni, he proposed to appoint me president of the Pontifical Council for Economic Affairs of the Holy See in place of Cardinal Velasio de Paloas. And he did so with, the, with these precise words, quote, I am convinced that this is the task with which you can render the best service of the Holy See. Close quote. It is not difficult to imagine what may have been the pressures, misinformation, and slander against me that were presented to Pope Benedict, which prompted him to change his mind and appoint me nuncio to the U.S., an appointment that I accepted in a spirit of obedience, but not without suffering, well aware that, we, that it was the coup of the curia that intended to nullify all the work of healing that I had carried out in the Governoret. The Holy Father wrote to me, If I find myself confirmed in the conviction that your providential position at this time is the nunciature in the U.S., on the other hand, I am sure that your knowledge of this great country will help you to take up the demanding challenge of this work, which in many ways appears to be decisive for the future of the universal church. My official assignment in that immense And beloved nation, USA, has come to an end, but that challenge to which Pope Benedict almost prophetically referred and in which he had had involved me is more open than ever.
0: You know what I say, Jess? Follow the money. This man was a whistleblower for the corruption in the Vatican. Let's just be honest. That's what irritates the people in the Vatican about this Archbishop Vigas. Not the way he parts his hair. It's because he's a whistleblower. And I would th- say this. You said it off the air, Jesse. Will you say it on the air in the last 500 years? What, do you, what did you tell me?
1: In, in the last 500 years, Archbishop Vigano yep. is going to be the most important and prominent prelate in the last 500 years since the Protestant deformation. And, and what I mean by that, Terry, this is This is monumental. What the things that he's stating and if they are true, this is this. There was a paradigm shift in 2013, unlike anything we've ever imagined before in the history of the church.
0: And again, this is something that Ralph Martin, I want to recommend people to go to his YouTube channel. And it's um, what will we say before the judgment seat of Christ? You know, we're talking about the corruption. What about us? What about us? Are we going to stay silent or are we going to speak the truth of the gospel this is what i have to ask myself that's what jesse asked himself he's got an exit interview like everybody else and we're actually doing them a favor okay and archbishop vigano is actually doing these prelates a favor by exposing them so that they can repent of what they've done that's my take on it jess
1: absolutely uh archbishop vigano uh, we're sharing his article maybe we'll uh
0: do we want to so, continue on or do we? Yeah, yeah, Terry, let's this is so important. Yeah, we'll, And, just, and we'll, we got yeah. James on the line. Absolutely. Uh, he wanted to join in. He's a convert to the Catholic faith. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed. Yes, we're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family, here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Our good friend James, convert to the Catholic faith, is on the line. James, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, brother.
3: Hi, Terry and Jesse. Uh, I just got in. I, I was hearing the comments about the last portion of what you said, but I sure. wanted to make a comment. I want sure. to connect some dots, and I just want to get you guys feelings on this. Okay, yeah. but let me just set the context. Okay. You know, Biden supports, promotes, and advocates abortion, number yes. one.
0: yes.
3: Crime is out of control. We have corruption in government and in the clergy, mm-hmm. and we have this transgenderism. So here's what I want to say, and I just want to connect some dots. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says... The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You will come at them from one direction, but flee from them in seven. Now, we see this happening with what's happening with Ukraine, that Biden's very hesitant to help them. Number two, I also read where it says, The alien who lives among you will rise above you higher. You will sink lower. You will lend to you, but you will not lend to them. And then he says in Deuteronomy, the Lord will bring a nation. And this is what I'm concerned about our nation. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away from the ends of the earth, like an eagle swooping down, a nation whose tongue you will not understand, a fierce-looking nation with with no respect for the old or pity. They will devour the young of your livestock and the crops of your land. So here's my question. Yes, this is in the Old Testament. Yes, this pertains to Israel, but you know the United States is a nation as well. I don't see how God is going to wink and ignore what we're doing. I mean, babies are being Amen. dismembered in know, horrible Now, there's people who are going to say, "Yeah, yeah, James, okay, fine," but this is what's happening. So, I just want to cap it off Good. with this last scripture in Second Peter. It says, "For all, for." First of all, you must understand in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing and following their own evil desires, they will say, where is this promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Okay. So my question is, what happened to Ukraine, do you think it can happen here?
0: Oh, huh.
1: go ahead, Jess. Uh, yeah, because... Uh, absolutely what you just read by the way what give me those verses in the old testament or just email them to me go to my uh, send me an email i want those verses in the old testament those because sure. history doesn't necessarily repeat itself exactly but it rhymes what i mean Boy. by that is that what happened in the old testament is going to happen again today uh it's just different players different countries different times different dictators but still so human behavior is 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 basically uh it's predictable and so the consequences you just gave us an exegesis of the old testament of the consequences of national sin and personal sin and god is the same yesterday today and forever so if we don't repent National get repentance up. and yep. individual repentance. Yep. What you just read in the Old Testament will happen to us again. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, send me those Old Testament Bible verses. I think it's in Deuteronomy. I think that you quoted. Yep. Yep.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. James. You yeah. do that, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the Easter Vigil, brother. God love you.
3: You got it. Thanks,
0: okay. man. You bet. My hey, information. Yeah, it is. Yep. Just I want to get back to Vigano, and my point is this: when he retired at seventy-five, he comes from a family that is well-to-do. He could have retired quietly, never said another word. But this man said, no, I am going to speak up and be, you know, persecuted. I mean, there are people he has to hide for these last several years because he's afraid of being murdered. Okay? because (laughs) no, really, that's just as simple as are you kidding me? Yes. Yes. And why is that? I think it's his love for the salvation of souls. I really do. And he probably what knows, reason? He
1: has to atone. He figures he has to atone for maybe some of his shortcomings as well, as we all do.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he's yeah. He, He's he's calling it out. He's paying a price. And this article covers a lot more than what we can do today. But go ahead, Jess. Yeah,
1: here's one more section that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Manochia asks him, Have your uh, uh, lucid, fiery, and courageous interventions against the new world order brought you unpleasant consequences against <laughs> media attacks? This is an important question. Yes, it is. Vigano says... Already after my revelations about the scandals of, the, of then-Cardinal McCarrick, I had to take care of my safety. <laughs> you think? In other, in other words, sorry, I had to go on the on the run. Of course. Okay? My statements about the pandemic force, which I remember began in 2020, at the time earned me insults and verbal lynchings, accusations of undue interference, or that I was promoting conspiracy theories. Yep. There have also been those who have said that it was not I who wrote my statements. It was even insinuated that I was suffering from psychosis yep. and delirium of, of, of uh, interpretation or even possessed by the devil. Not to mention the accusations following my pronouncement on the Russian-Ukraine crisis a few days ago. I have been amazed that these often over-the-top attacks also come in part from circles of Catholic conservatism and the so-called political right. In many cases, those whom, whom I would have considered as allies in opposing first a pandemic force. And then the war provocation have shown that they side with the adversary to the point of recognizing the effectiveness and moral lawfulness of the so-called vaccines or presenting Zelensky as an innocent victim of Putin's expansionist uh, aims. The reality is quite different and denying it or concealing it to support one's own thesis or to obey one's own one's master's will serve no purpose other than to make the condemnation of the guilty and their accomplices even more just and motivated. In any case, I thank God and Our Lady that I'm in good health and for the protection they have granted me so far.
0: And a lot of people are not too happy about that last statement that he's in good health because they would like to see him disappear because he's making a lot of people's lives miserable as a whistleblower. Jesse, my thought again, he... In Butte's this comment never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth Worry about who will be misled deceived and destroyed if you don't and I believe in the later part of his life That statement got him. That's what he's saying. Now. I have to speak the truth at my exit interview What am I going to tell the lord that I didn't want to pay a price because people are going to persecute me They're going to ridicule me They'll say, you know, do all kinds of bad things to me because I'm because of the gospel. Hey, Jess, Bishop Strickland says it all the time. He says, "Fine, bring it on," because I don't have a choice. I signed up for this.
1: Yeah, Amen. The last thing, th- there's two more questions. You can read them on your own, but he, but uh, Archbishop Vigano, here's one thing that he says at the very uh, third to the last paragraph that mm-hmm. I it's worth quoting. Yeah, and then I'll just mention the next article just a little bit. Sure. He says today. With Bergoglio, the betrayal has been consummated in an apostasy with support for globalist ideology, migrationism, (laughs) neo-Malthusianism, that means means, uh, uh, euthanasia, the new world order, and the religion of humanity. The The deep church has even been complicit in the pandemic fraud and mass vaccination despite the presence of abortive cell lines in serums and the irreversible weakening of the immune system it causes. Today, it hypocritically stands at the side of the system, supporting Schwab's puppet Zelensky in Ukraine against President Putin, who is the only head of state in the world, basically, who opposes globalization and the criminal principles that inspire it, and I would also add the woke culture. Gary.
0: No, that's true. And and again, this is a man who's making life miserable on a lot of people. And this this whole thing on COVID, we've all been you know hit with this. When you say that you call these people out about the abortion t- connection with the COVID vaccine, oh, you're crazy. Oh, come on. Compromise, compromise. This is what everybody's telling us to do. And because he wouldn't compromise, he's been told that he's a, a crazy right-wing nut. OK, yeah. I mean, just say that. Did I say that? Yeah, that's what they call him. But you know what? I believe that Vigano has a great love for our for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, his holy mother, the church. You can tell by the way he writes. Yes, he does. And again, I think that when you look at history and it will be gone, Jesse, but history will come back and say, this guy was like John the Baptist, man.
1: He was a prophet. Last thing I'll mention, we only even got about two or three minutes. You can read the article on your own. It shows the dangers of these disposable masks. Oh, you find God. all over the floor. you find them on fences. Yep. you find them uh, uh, you know on the park. People are you could throw them on gas stations. People just throw them away uh, anywhere. They just litter the land, they litter the, the, the oceans. They're made of polypropylene. Uh, it degrades into tiny microscopic fibers of plastic. And a growing body of research by many doctors in this article that talk about studies show inhalation of microplastics found in these little blue masks, these disposable masks that are forced to wear in airports, getting into lung tissue for the first time. I can tell you the only place I wear these blue masks is when I go into the Phoenix airport because I, Anita and me, it's funny, we say now entering communism. The airports are, are basically... <laughs> They're communist. That's what they are. They're run by the Biden communist regime. And so that's the only place in the state of Arizona where I'm forced to or I can't fly on the plane. And so it's funny, Terry. I I mean, after uh, I'm in the plane for about 30 minutes or an hour, I start me and my wife start sneezing. We can feel tiny plastic fragments going into our nose. And this article on LifeSite News, again, that says, Study shows inhalation of microplastics found in these masks getting into lung tissue for the first time. I can imagine how much of these I have uh, in my lungs as a result of flying almost every weekend for an hour from point A to point B. But it quotes one doctor after another about the bacteria it contains about the the early pulmonary toxicity, about the plastics that we're ingesting into our nostril. Not
0: good, Terry, not good. No, I want to remind everybody, tomorrow starts the Easter Tritium. We're going to be praying for our priests. This is the institution of the Holy Eucharist. Try and get to the Easter Tritium. The readings are just outstanding. Also, this Rosary Crusade for Priests, starting uh, on the 28th of May, at a huge stadium in sacramento twenty thousand catholics are going to be there father don calloway will be there i'll be there terry barber yeah right i'll be there yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give uh yeah talk there i just want to encourage people to google that because we need to be praying for our priests and that's what we do here at virgin most powerful radio Jesse, uh, again, any advice on the Tritium coming up? And then I'm going to ask you one last question. This
1: is the week that changed the world. Uh, remember, participate in the Tritium yep. uh, schedule at your holy, at your masses, at your parish. Uh, l- let the, the, the liturgy of the Tritium draw you closer to Christ. Uh, promote virtue and move you towards a life of deeper holiness. Amen,
0: Jess. Well said. What state should we be living in, Jess Romero?
1: State of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Uh, And also, remember, don't worry. Fear is useless. What is needed is trust, according to Padre Pio.
0: Absolutely. Up next, Matt Arnold here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Go to our website, vmpr.org, to get all kinds of good information. I want to welcome some of the new people from China who are now monthly donors for Virgin Most Powerful Radio all over the world That's what we do here. Share the gospel worldwide. May God richly bless you and your family. Up next, the Matt Arnold Show on PMPR.com.